Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to viahemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say? Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. on the way. Uh, right before we get to Leah Henry, I'm going to tell you all about her today's guest. I do have to thank some sponsors. Guys, just a reminder, the best way to support me, support this show, is to frequent our sponsors. So use the codes that I give, buy from them, swipe up, go to their website, get a consultation, whether it's Jacob from State Farm, our insurance guy. And even if you know somebody, refer a friend to any of our clients. It helps me tremendously, helps pay for my producer, Alyssa. Also for myself, this is my full-time income, so I'm forever and so great. You guys are basically funding KJ. You know, I mean, how can you say no to that? 
So today's episode is brought to you by Rothy's longtime sponsor of the show. Rothy's have awesome shoes, sandals, and now shoes for men. How about that? They also have kids. Rothy's.com slash phrase is my code. You want to go there. It's Rothy's, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash phrase. Order today through my link. Rothy's are comfortable. They're sustainable. As you know, they're partially made from recycled water bottles. They have taken millions of water bottles out of the ocean. And made them into awesome shoes that have no break-in time Zero break-in time Don't believe me? Well, I own a pair of the sneakers And I'm actually thinking about getting the sandals Because they're super cute with the the, uh, ribbon wrap Really like them, adorable Uh, They're super comfortable Everybody I know wears Rothy's um, And you just slip them on Then if they get dirty, you throw them in the wash And boom, you're all set Rothys.com slash phrase Order yours today Okay, Leah Henry is the shit Um, I can't wait for you to listen to this interview So I'm not going to say much I just want to get into it Leah Henry is a radio personality podcaster She co-hosts the podcast That's what we're doing With Candace Dillard Bassett From Real Housewives of Potomac Very, It's like pop culture driven Their personal lives It's GSA You need to listen to that She's on the show today And I got to tell you guys Like I think this episode People are going to be blown away Yes we talk about pop culture Even though you know I'm already struggling with like Do I want to continue I care less about what celebrities are doing And more about like I don't know The future of this country And can we just debate Like wokeism And I don't know You know we go back and forth From social issues To acting a fool What, What can I say So But Leah reveals A really deep Personal story about essentially being groomed by an older man um, who, you know, was giving her money. I don't want to reveal too much because it's very vulnerable. We we kind of have a discussion around it because Leah feels in some way she knew what she was doing. So I can't wait to hear your thoughts. As always, please DM me at the Sarah Fraser Show, or you can follow on Facebook too and start a discussion there. It's the Sarah Fraser Show. Here is my girl Leah Henry. Okay, Leah Henry is here. Leah Henry is like now my new obsession. I got turned on to you from Candace Dillard Bassett, your podcast co-host. Stop. I'm obsessed with you. Shut the fuck up. And now I'm like, I admire this woman so much. First of all, she goes after Beyonce, okay? And nobody fucking talks shit about Beyonce. And I love it so much. I'm like, fuck the beehive. Let's go. Let's get stung. I love this woman. Here they come. Leah Henry hates Beyonce, everybody. No, 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 no. (laughs) Don't say that because... I still am barely off my hospital bed from those bitches beating me up. Wait, wait, did you get shit for that? Oh my God, what are you talking about? My shit was like a firestorm. And I said nothing about Beyonce. That was bad. First of all, okay, see, we have to give clarity. Okay, yeah, we do, we do. Back up, back up. You guys, you and Candace Diller Bassett, I got turned on to you because you guys have a podcast. Oh, we're doing that. So that's what we're doing. Yep. yep so yep. that's what we're doing. So that's what we're doing is the name of the podcast, right? Yep. And it's you. And of course, everybody knows Real Housewives of Potomac star Candace Dillard Bassett. So yep. you got, and I, I want the story of how you guys got into it. And you, you have an amazing media career story, which I think people <laughs> listening are going to be so inspired. Well, look, I mean, I, I can relate. You're still in the struggle like I am. It's not easy for women and women of color. I mean, you have to talk all about that. But yeah. I got turned on to you and I, I've, I've listened to the show. And I want to talk to you about older men too. <laughs> you're like not in, you're not into older dudes, right? You've never dated an older guy. 
Uh, no, but I have a backstory about that. So when we get into that, I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. I low-key had like a sugar daddy, low-key, like I've never told this story publicly, but well, I'm, I'm on the Sarah Fraser show, so let's fucking do you it. You have to reveal, and you know, I dated a sugar daddy who was 18 years older than me with a pencil dick. It was like nothing, but he was so rich, girl. He had this house over in Northwest DC with this amazing pool. I bring all my girlfriends. Oh my God. He was oh! so rich. He picked me up in that Rolls Royce. I was like, okay, I am living the life. <laughs> Meanwhile, okay, he's like yeah. having sex with a million other people, but whatever. Yeah, well, mine was kind of illegal because I was underage, but we're gonna discuss that. Oh, even better, even before, better. But, yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay, so I get turned on to you. I start listening to the show, and you guys get into everything. You talk pop culture, you talk about dating, yep, yep. you talk, you know, which I admire about your show because I've never felt like mine has specifically had a direction. It's always just been things that I'm curious about or into, right? Right, right, right. So I listen to some episodes, and of course, one of them you're talking about Beyonce and Brazilian butt lifts, and the. the <laughs> Though you did mean, the best, whatever. I wish you know what I hate when people come for you because I thought you made some good points. Which your argument was you thought she'd had a BBL. I just, I just genuinely believe she does, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with it because every other bitch in Hollywood has their ass on tilt. But I mean, I just feel like people don't want to say it because it's Beyonce. It looks BBLish to me. I know there are some celebrities, right, where you just cannot say anything about them, and she is like yeah. that person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. And, and I mean, the thing is, is her fans have already come for me. Nicki Minaj's fans. I mean, they wanted me to kill myself. So, I mean, overall, I've already gotten the, the brunt of the celebrity backlash. But I mean, I'm just being honest. I feel like my podcast is my space to really say what I want to say. And, and I'm that done is with a it. legitimate question in, in, in any music space, in any Hollywood space with any celebrities. Yep. The, the plastic surgery is out of control. And I think yep. it would be, I think it'd be dumb for people to think that she hasn't had something done. Maybe she hasn't. Maybe she's, look, maybe she's like my girl Oprah, who is aging naturally. But most people do not do that. Or Helen Mirren. You know, Helen Mirren's letting it all wrinkle. I mean, yeah, and 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 good, great for them. I just don't believe that Beyonce didn't have it. Now, granted, if she did that shit, then that just makes her even more superhuman than we already thought she was. But I just feel like that ass got something on it. I don't know. <laughs> it did I mean, get thicker all of a sudden. Like she was, she was. Now look, I know she's had two kids. She's had three kids, and I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm going through the whole body. You know, you're totally your body reshapes after like a child. Yeah. There's no doubt yeah. about it, right? But I agree with you. All of a sudden, she just seems in the past couple of years like. I don't know. Something changed. Like she did get a lot thicker or something. It's yeah. Like I can't put my finger on it other than BBL, but and it's a subtle BBL. It's not like the the ant asses the Kardashians have. Oh yeah. It, it, it's like she did a good job. But I mean, if you're gonna do Beyonce's plastic surgery, you gotta get it right. Like so, I think that she got it done. It's just very modest. Okay. Well, I love you. I love all your celebrity takes. I mean, I think they're amazing. So. So talk talk to me about your career, which I love. You you know, you've been a long time. <laughs> I can, you and I have had similar career trajectories in the sense of like we've both worked in radio. It is I, I always say it's the best and the worst business all at once. It's so addicting. Yeah. There's something that people will always listen to. Um, they'll always listen to like audio, right? Yeah. But the radio business has just been so fucked. It's yeah. just been destroyed. So you move here from Austin, Texas, to go to Howard University. Yeah. Yep. And tell me like, so, and you, you majored in communications at Howard. Yeah. Yep. I was a journalism, broadcast journalism major. Yep. You're there at Howard and you end up doing, do you do an internship? 
Yep. So I work at HUR the entire three years that I'm at Howard. So I, I mean, radio was like the thing. That was no other option. Like I was a broadcast journalism major and all my coworkers or I mean, all my classmates are like, oh, we're going to be like news anchors. I was like, no, fuck that shit. I'm going to be on the radio. I want to say what I want to say. Like, cause like, I mean, it's working in news is fucking depressing. You have to have a certain level of like, I'm just almost, you have to like, desensitize yourself like in order to be like three kids died in a car crash today on the beltway like there's no way that you can go home and live with yourself if you don't somehow just desensitize everything about it and i just was like i would much rather talk about if kim kardashian's ass is real or if beyonce's is real yes. or whatever so for me instantly i knew radio we had a, a a student radio station and the minute i turned on the mic i was like oh wait this is what i'm supposed to fucking do i've never done i don't know what else i thought i was gonna do but this is it i love like that. this is where i'm supposed to be and so i did that for three years i interned there i was um a pd which is a program director there i was on air there and then uh we also got like to as when you were a manager in the station, you got to work under that specific manager at HUR. So I was there at HUR doing that. And um, then when I graduated, no one was checking for my little shitty air check. Sometimes I listen back and cringe just to be like, you come a long way, bitch. You come a long way. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I gotta, I gotta haul out my old um, original air checks. Oh my God. I'm sure they were so bad. I so can't even... bad. Oh so God. I mean, in a way, I'm so glad the files at Hot 99.5 are dead as well with the Kane show. Like, thank God. Because I can't even imagine the shit we used to say back then. Like, that was, like, before yeah. people got canceled. Yeah. Oh, before people cared about shit. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I could only imagine. But, so, yeah. Were you running boards for, like, Steve Harvey morning show? Like, would you go in at, like, four and they'd be like, all right, Leah. To try. But, no, I used to <laughs> actually just go in. I used to, I really felt like I used to do the music director's dirty work. Because I used to put, like, mad shows in overnight, the weekend songs. She'd be like, uh, rank these hundred songs and tell me which one you like the best. And I'd be sitting there like telling her I was like creating Damn, the you were running WHUR essentially. Like you were yeah, basically controlling the quiet that. storm. Yeah, I was in the back and it was cool. It was cool because I learned a lot. Shout out to Tracy Luttrell. She was um, the music director slash PD sometimes. And um, yeah, I mean, I just would sit in her office and try to learn as much as possible. And so, yeah, like I did that. And then when I graduated, I was like, okay, radio. And then no one answered. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit, wait, this was not the backup plan. So I was like, fuck, I gotta use this TV degree, this news journalism degree, fuck. What am I gonna do? So I get a job at WJLA. I get um, a producing job for Let's Talk Live, which is their entertainment yeah. show. Which at the time I was like, well, I mean, that's a good in between. It's still entertainment. Um, little did I know that they were gonna use me for everything but that shit. But you know, that's how the industry goes. You, they make you sign up for one thing and then you gotta do 20 other things. Every job, right? Every gig. They're like, congrats, you're gonna be doing the morning show. You're like the co-host. And you know, my my longtime podcast co-host, Andrea Lopez, she that yeah. happened to her just a few years ago in Ocean City. They hired her to do the morning show. They came, she moved down there the whole deal. She got there and they said, Actually, we want you to start in sales. And like AJ has told this story on the air. They never told the woman that she was replacing. This is so radio. AJ, uh, they never told the woman that AJ was replacing that she was being fired. So then they didn't have the courage to fire her. So they said, hey, can you just start in sales? We're going to tell her. We're going to tell her next week. And AJ did that for like a month. And then she quit and moved back and came back on the podcast. Yes. 
it has happened to so many women in that business. Yeah, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I was I was at JLA slaving like a dog. And then I actually met one of um, the talent at KYS, which is where I'm at now. And I was like, listen, this is what I want to do. Can I come in to shadow you? So I used to go and help. And uh, that's where Leah's Lemonade was created, which, it, you know, now has kind of grown its own legs. But at the time, it was just this segment where I shoot the shit kind of, you know, was comedic and did that on the morning show for a few years. And well, no, I did that for on the morning show for a couple months and then got let go because the new boss came in and was like who's this bitch what is she talking about this shit's not funny get her out of here uh and so i struggled for a while to get back on at kys finally did and then got an opportunity to do an afternoon show where i was swindled into being the damn producer but was promised to be an on-air so i was getting bored out pay producing a syndicated show that was syndicated in DC and Baltimore. And then after a year, they finally gave me the full-time real job, uh, only for me to think that I was finally getting to be on air. Uh, Cause in my mind I was like, well shit, I'm already the producer. So what difference is it gonna make? But at least being full-time now, will have acknowledgments of like my job and like people will know that I'm on air. And then three months later they replaced me with another girl and they wanted me to still produce the show. Oh my God. I mean, I have been there. I have been there. It is the worst. I, and I was saying this to you before we went live. It's funny to me because radio seems to be one of the few industries where Me Too and Time's Up never hit. Like it just never, I mean, I, I, there's so many women I know who have similar experiences as you or like even more, you know, what, sexual harassment. And, and you've probably yeah. experienced that too. Um, yeah. And and like, there's been no reckoning. Like nothing's ever really happened. Okay, quick bait. Quick break, I should say, to thank our brand new sponsor, Caliper, and their CBD powders. Yes! Just started using it, really like it. In fact, I think Schman has noticed a reduction in my stress level, and I'm sleeping better. The other night, I actually slept like nine hours straight, and so did KJ. Anyway, KJ, thank you, KJ. I've been using Caliper CBD, and it helps immensely. Also, what I love about it is it's super easy. Their powders, you can pop in anything. Even go in water. I put it in my smoothie, but you can do whatever you want with it. Caliper CBD Power Powder is the only clinically proven fast-acting CBD. Caliper delivers 30 times more CBD in their first 30 minutes versus CBD oil. Developed by food science experts with decades of experience, they are rigorously tested for purity and quality. That's really important, and that is why I like this client, and I signed on with them because I wanted the science behind it. Caliper CBD comes in convenient and easy-to-use packs, precisely 20 milligrams in each pack, always THC-free, so you don't have to worry about that. Feel better without the high. Thank you. All-natural, vegan, non-GMO, free of all fillers. Super important. As I told you, I like the science behind this. Added chemicals and artificial flavors. You're speaking my language. I want to be as pure as possible, and Caliper CBD does it. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code TSFS at tricaliper.com slash TSFS. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's my kind of person. That's tricaliper.com TSFS. Don't forget my promo code TSFS for 20% off your first order. And Caliper is C-A-L-I-P-E-R. Caliper.com slash TSFS. And the code is TSFS. 
Well, luckily, being the fat bitch, I don't get sexually harassed. But I will say that, like, uh, you know, I know there are women who have been put in very uncomfortable positions to either maintain or to gain a job, which luckily I've never had to fucking do. Honestly, as a fat black girl, I've had to actually work harder because being cute doesn't get me shit. Um, but you know, like that, that is a real thing for women and it's unfortunate. Um, and I, I feel grateful that I haven't had to deal with at least the sexual part, but I've dealt with the bullshit. I've dealt with the harassment. I've worked with the hostile, super tense work environments. I've dealt with coming to work, not knowing if I was going to have a job, which is the worst. It's the craziest you know? mind fuck, isn't it? It's the only yeah. business where the men get to basically, I mean, from management to on air, get yeah. to treat everyone like shit, yell, shit. scream, yeah. uh, sexually harass you, throw They're things. not emotional, but they're not emotional when they do that. It's crazy because as a woman, if you have, any type of, I could literally, I remember one time, I'll never forget this, projection like a motherfucker. So I remember there was this one conversation at the time with my co-host, which people listening probably know, but fuck everybody, I don't care. Um, so this is what I love about you. This is going to get you so far, by the way. You're super talented, but we'll talk more about that. Thank you. Go on. But I remember one time uh, that same PD who had taken me off air and taken a really long time to put me back on air one day we were having a conversation and a staff meeting had just happened. So there was a pretty good room full of people. And uh, the PD comes over and he asked me, he was like, oh, thanks for getting so-and-so on your TV show. Because at the time I was still working in TV. And I had no idea what he was talking about. I forgot about it because I had done it so long ago. So I was like, what? And he was like, you had so-and-so on your show. I was like, what? And he was like, you had so-and-so. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Because I didn't fuck with him, so I wasn't, like, super warm to the embrace. But I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. And I was like, yeah, that'll be done today, whatever. And I remember the guy that I worked with pulled me aside and was like, you were so disrespectful. You were yelling. You were, And I mean, I literally, he was so fucking convincing that I really believed that I was outside of my own self to, to like harass my boss. Right. So I'm like, he was like, you need to apologize. That looks bad on the show. Apologize to our boss. Right. So I'm like, I remember calling people and I'm like, Hey, did you interpret it this way? And people were like, I'm not really sure, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to fuck up this opportunity. Right. Like I, I don't want people to be upset. I already got cards stacked against me. Let me just reach out. I sent my boss's long text message. I never meant to disrespect you. I'm so sorry. He was like, honestly, I don't even know what you're talking about, but it's fine. We're moving on. That is so fascinating that you bring that up because I think of the gifts, and I talk about this a lot on my on my podcast or like when I was just on um you know, former Dan, Danny Starr, but Danielle's podcast, you know, Help a Human Out. And I was saying one of the, I try to think of all the gifts that basically I got from, from my experience with Kane and the right. Kane show. And one of them actually was to be, to not take it personal, to be less emotional, because you're right. Like, the men in not just in media, I think a lot of industries can sort of explode and have all these moments. And then the next day, it's like totally fine. But for us, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't want to speak for you. But for me, I would right. like internalize it and oh, be yeah. like, is it like a character flaw? Like, should I try yeah. to be better and all this stuff? And I I really think like what I've learned and it's, it's served me. And I don't know if you feel like you're in this place, but now like over the years, like at other media places or projects, I always go into the situation and I go, you know what, I'm, I'm really going to not take it personally. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's helped and I'm, but I don't know, maybe, maybe we should take it personally. I don't know. I just, I'm amazed at men's ability to do that. Yeah. I mean, I honestly have to have balance, right? Because, mm. you know, even in that situation when 
when my boss kind of just was like, I didn't think anything of it, but it was turned. I, I was literally gaslit to believe that it was more than what it was. So I've had to learn because I take everything fucking personal. Like, bitch, I'm always like, yeah. is is that what you meant to say? Is Do you feel a way? Like, I'm always in my head. So, and that's a character flaw of mine because I think that you have to have balance, right? Exactly. To survive the industry, you have to be able... You have to, to have the thickest that. skin. The thickest skin. Yeah. It's why I... And, like, you got to interview Wendy Williams, which had yeah. such a cool experience. But yeah. it's one yeah. of the things I love most about Wendy, whether you agree with her or disagree with her or feel like she comes for people too hard or whatever. Right. It is fucking hard to go into that, sit in that seat every day when the internet hates you all the time. Who knows if her staff turns on her at times. And like she fucking owns that chair every day. Like that's amazing. So much respect for her because I could never. Okay, so that's what I love about, you know, that's what I love about Wendy is like she fucking owns that chair and it is hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, shout out to her. Cause I, I don't know if I could, like, I think that, you know, there's a little balance that could be had, but I, you know, there would be no room for a girl like me without Wendy Williams. Okay. So what's been the, di- the most difficult part, right? Because you've, you've worked for traditionally urban stations. So urban yeah. stations speak to the black community mo- for the most part in this city. Right, right. So one would, I would think, right. That this is like a dumb, probably assumption is that, you know, it, like you wouldn't you would have it easier right because you're in an environment where they want to hire black women and black talent but you don't one because you're a woman but two do you think that weight also like I, that's always been my thing too like i've shared yeah. my weight journey like do you think weight has has really like helped hurt or indifferent i think it's all like inclusive for me like right like i'm i'm fat i'm black and i'm a woman you know what i mean like it's a it's a big combo you know what i mean i definitely watch um women who are aesthetically more pleasing among the you know society get advanced and sometimes they suck so you know that sucks when you watch people that you know you're better than but it's like uh you know she's cute or she you know people engage with her more on social media because she's cuter or you know i don't i don't know necessarily if weight has hindered me because I think my personality has always been able to stand out, but I don't think that it's uh, helped me advance either. You know what I mean? So I don't know, but I I, I always ask myself, especially when shit goes awry at my current place, I go, (laughs) shit, does working for a racist white news station or working for a ghetto black company, which is worse? I don't know sometimes because working for the blacks or working for the ghetto racist whites i'm not too sure which is the the lesser of two evils but i mean yeah they they both come with their shit i tell you what well i you know just like you and i are getting to know each other we're new friends right but i feel like in listening to you i i have such a connection to you because i think that you're a threat and i mean that in the sense like our industry and i think media in general really very few very strongly opinionated people especially women break through because i don't i think with yulia like you can't be controlled so i think that's probably been one of the things that has worked against you in the sense that you're gonna say what's on your heart like you are gonna say like regardless of what people think whether they fucking agree or disagree and i'm sure to a program director that is like uh we're looking for someone who is going to shut up and do what we want and be like you know when i got hired back at hot 99.5 there was a combination and it was the dick the dork and the dough 
And I was, you know, I was supposed to be fun and laugh. And, right. and I can relate to like when Ellen says like, fuck being kind, like being kind is the worst label because they would always yeah. say to me is like, you have to be relatable. You have to be the voice of reason. So I like bought that shit. I was like, and I still struggle with that now. Like, oh, I don't want to be disliked. Like, you know, I yeah. still yeah. constantly have to really. So I admire that about you. I, I think you're fucking the way you're just like all out is amazing. But I think it's harder to work for a traditional media company because they don't want that. Yeah, well, I mean, and I, and and crazy as it sounds, I'm a good ass employee. Like I I I show up on time. I always do my shit. I always make sure we're successful. I do my part. So in on one hand, while I might be a lot to take, uh, I always speak honestly and I always speak the truth and I'm always fair and I always do my fucking job. It does rile motherfuckers up because I'm like, yo, listen, I do my part. So I'm going to speak now because I do my part. And, you know, not everybody likes that. And it is what it is, but not everybody has ever liked it. So, I mean, you know, some people like it. I always tell people, when you meet me, you either love me or you hate me. There's no fucking in between. None. So I'm used to it. To I love that. So you created, and Leah's Lemonade essentially was like your hot takes, right? Like it was your takes yeah. on stuff. Yeah. So so that's the thing. So I'm an entertainment junkie. Like I love entertainment. I I don't know when when shit hits the fan. Like I get this feeling. Like I roll around. Like I don't know. Like when I found out Tory Lanez fucking shot Megan Thee Stallion. Like I flipped out my bed and I was like, oh my god. Like yeah, that was like a huge like, moment. Yeah, like those things like energize me in a weird fucking way. You probably shouldn't. No, I get it. I get it. People's business. But I love entertainment. So when I started doing Leah's Lemonade on the morning show, there was already a morning uh, host with an entertainment report. So I couldn't do that. So I would just kind of find like weird ass articles and kind of give my hot takes to them. And then when I got let off the show, I went ahead and just continued it and used it as my brand. And when I got on the afternoon show, uh, that was my entertainment report then. And that just kind of caught legs. Like people really, really liked my hot takes on entertainment. And then, you know, when I got let go from that as well, I started doing interviews, but obviously under the brand and the brand got legs. And it's crazy because maybe about two years into this shit, I was starting to get annoyed because people would roll up on me and be like, Leah's the lemonade girl. And I'm like, damn, my name is Leah Henry. Like that's the name. But now the brand is bigger than me. So when people see me, they say Leah's lemonade. And I'm like, damn. And that's going to stick. It's going (laughs) to stick. Like I had to get that shit trademarked before my own name. You'd be like 40. Yeah. It would still be Leah's lemonade. So, I mean, yeah, I can't escape. So you're still okay so what before we move on to all of your life like your personal life which i'm also obsessed with so uh, like what is your goal in media because i'm always curious you know i've been out of the been out of the radio business for like six years now right and i'm like i'm never i'll never go back um so what do you want to do in or are you kind of like torn like you're not sure so i'm torn because i've always wanted to be a talk show host Always wanted to be a daytime talk show. 
But the reality is, is that shit is dying. Television is dying. Um, these traditional forms of media are dying. I had a conversation maybe not even a month ago uh, with this woman who used to do like talent relations for like MTV and some of these uh, Viacom stations. And I was telling her like, oh, can you connect me to these people? And she was like, Lee, you have to understand like this shit is dying. Viewership is going down every year. People are not watching. And it, it was almost a gut punch because the whole time, everything that had been driving me was I want to be a talk show host, right? Like I'm going to do radio. I'm going to kill it on radio. And eventually it'll translate into me having my own talk show. And I even got to work with a really um, dope uh, producer showrunner for talk television. And she sent me mandates, which are from networks, which are what networks are looking for to like fill their networks. And none of them are talk. And so it's just like, how do you have a talk show when no one wants to take the risk? Because the other thing is, is like, yeah, you can give these super famous people talk shows and people still don't watch. So who is some girl, Leah Henry, who maybe like what the DMV possibly knows to give this talk show or take a chance on to pour all this money into and talk shows aren't even successful for people like Ellen. They're all going downhill. And so I'm at a crossroads in my career because, you know, I, I really w didn't want to do a podcast at first, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Cause I wasn't into podcasts. Oh my God, I Leah. I feel like this is so your medium. Everyone tells me that, but I, I never wanted to do podcasts because I never listened. I, I also have a hard time doing anything that I don't consume. Like, it's just like, why would I jump in the, you know, jump in? Obviously, before I did my podcast, I did do a lot of research because I don't like to be ignorant when I'm putting any type of energy into anything that I'm doing. But I was just like, eh, people come and be like, oh, you should do a podcast. You do and I was like, no, I'm not really into that. But I did hit a crossroads, especially with what I have going on with now. And I was like, I just feel like people don't know who I am. And I think that's why the podcast was important to me because I think, you know, over this last year, I've had a lot of success with my interviews going viral. I've had a lot of success with my brand growing, but people just think I just fucking threw a rock and I just was on the shade room one day. And then on the other hand, you know, people on radio, radio is giving you 30 second breaks of maybe 10 seconds of like my hot takes. You, again, you're not getting to know me and there's a lot to know about who I am, which is always why I wanted a talk show, but um, not just to be about me, but more so you get to learn a lot more about me. And so that I'm at a crossroads now because I realized my dream is dying. Yeah. What I want to do is dying, and it's 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 kind of scary to think about, but I know that well, media is my 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 place. I I love this conversation because I feel like I'm in the same boat, right? But I just feel like we, you and I, grew up watching traditional talk shows, right? Like yeah. Wendy, like Oprah, yeah. like Ellen, I, right? Yeah. That format is dying, but but it's like what you enjoy about me that we were talking, right? Is like yeah. my hot takes. I enjoy your right. hot takes. Right. It's like almost like, well, maybe your talk show is one minute long. Like that's a talk show yeah. now, you know, it's like, it it's, is, but it's like, Oh, like, so let me, let me, again, this is something that I didn't never really share publicly, but you know, when I was maybe about uh freshman, senior, junior in high school, I went through a really, really difficult time struggling with body image. I really didn't like myself. I really didn't like I saw in the mirror, you know, my friends started to get boyfriends and I was kind of left out. And so I, I was really having a difficult time 
accepting who I was. And I would turn on the Tyra Banks show. And I know this bitch has done all types of crazy shit when we look back at it. I love that show. At the time, I mean, it spoke to my, to my insecure self. It really made me confident. And, you know, there was times I really did contemplate. Now, I never attempted suicide, but there was times mm-hmm. I thought, like, I wanted to die. And so when I would watch that show and Tyra would have body positivity things and, you know, at the time, Tyra was scrutinized a lot because she started to gain weight during that time. And I remember her just really saying, fuck the haters, fuck what y'all got to say about my new body, kiss my fat ass was that famous episode. And those things really helped me gain a level of confidence. And I thought, damn, Leah, you hated your, from a year of watching this woman's show, you went from hating yourself to accepting who you are. And I said, if I can do that for one other person doing this, then imagine how many people I can save. Tyra did it for me. I'm sure there are other people she did it for. And so that was like, okay, Leah, that's when I really wanted to be a talk show host. And so that's why it's hard for me to want to lift my hands up and say the traditional way is done because it it affected me. And I consume media in a different way, but it's just like it, it changed my life. Okay, I take it back. Do the do the hour long show. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, it might be like on YouTube or or Snapchat might give it to me versus it being on like NBC or ABC. But I don't know, man. I think if you do it right, it can be done. I think you have a great point. And, you know, that speaks to the power of television, right? And, I mean, I felt that same way. Like, for me, that was Oprah. Like, I would come home and watch Oprah. And, like, when Oprah peeled back the curtain, I I was never sexually abused as a child. But when she, like, talked about that, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is so, so real. Like, she would get so fucking real. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I can be, like all my warts, like all my, you know, cause I, I went through the same weight struggle, you know, and in, and in college, I was just always like the fat, funny friend. Like I didn't, no one wanted to date me. You know, I went out and drank like 12 beers. I mean, I was just like, I don't know, you know, like a, a an ongoing keg stand. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. and nobody, and I, I just, I hated myself too. And I, I'm like, how am I ever going to find body confidence? And I would say to myself, Oprah Winfrey is the highest paid woman on television. She's the most watched. And this woman is not a size two. She's never, she, well, she tried to be a size two for briefly, but then she gained it all back. So I was like, you know, like you have to be yourself. And that's the most empowering fucking thing when you can just own it and just be you. Yeah, and I, it's crazy. We talked about this um, on our podcast. There's an episode called uh, It All Starts at Home. And I had talked to Candace about burying uh, my my insecurities in humor. And yeah. we don't realize how many people do that, especially you think about like some of your big friends. Either they're like awkwardly insecure or they are super funny and loud and out there. And I... You know, it's it's a real conversation about burying that humor in in your weight and and what you know being big does to your humor. So now, I mean, I love you. Own it. You own who you yeah. are. You're you're so proud of that. Do people come yeah. for you though? I mean, you'll use hashtag you know fat hashtag you know, yeah. and you're you're like, do people say like, oh, you shouldn't even be using that word or no? So I I didn't realize how uncomfortable calling myself fat around people made until one of my coworkers told me like I was talking and I was like, Oh, you know, cause you know, I'm bitch, I'm fat, you know, like whatever. And I remember he was like, could you stop? 
calling yourself that. And I remember like I called my little cousin and I was like, girl, what do we call everybody in our family? Fat. And then he was like, yeah, but that makes me uncomfortable when you call yourself that around me. And that's when I realized like, oh, okay, everybody doesn't perceive this because I guess he felt like I was like down talking myself where I've embraced my weight and like who I am. So I, you know, I'm a fat girl. Like I am okay with that. Like I'm not going to go home and yes. be like, I'm a skinny bitch. Cause I'm not like, I'm a, I'm a big girl. I'm Does a plus girl. irritate you that a lot of people tell you what you should be saying. I mean, fuck everyone. Am I, I'm just at that point, you know, I don't know. What yeah. It's just, even, yeah, no, I mean, well then that's his problem. Not yours. You're, yeah. You own it. You're proud of who you are. And like, sorry. I mean, then you're on, he's on, Oh God, I don't know. Whatever. I'm going through a phase here where I'm like, don't fucking tell me when. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's like mom, you being a mom. I think once you get like to that mom stage, it's like fuck you. Well, I got to be my kid, and I'm like moving on. It's also I. I just heard somebody. Wait, wait, maybe it was on your podcast where you guys. You yes, it was when you guys were talking about Beyonce heading to forty. I think there's something weird that happens because I'll, I'll be forty next year, and yeah. I think there's something where it's like I don't know something like shifts where you're like. I just don't care anymore about being liked or I still do care a little bit about that, but you know what I mean? I'm getting there. It's me and you, you, it's ingrained, right? I guess it's like you're over people telling you what you should think or I don't, I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm going through that a different phase of not giving any fucks. And, and even like the plastic surgery thing, like I have to say, I'm like at the point like I'm like I don't even know if I want to get Botox and stuff anymore. I'm I'm just like I don't know that I care, and I feel like maybe there's yeah. something really empowering about just like look, this is my face. Yeah. Do you also feel like you found comfort in like being a mom? Like is yes, because that changes everything about you. And I actually relate to you a lot on the fact that you were just like. I was like, fuck having kids. And then I hit 35 and I was like, whoa, I want a kid. Oh my God. And I'm my nervous because I'm so anti child right now that, like, if I hit 35 and want a kid, I'm going to be like, fuck. <laughs> you, you might not. You might not. But I, like, I, and I, I specifically remember, I wish I could find this woman. But years ago, when I was, I dated an older guy who was 15 years uh, older than me, divorced with kids. He also, he also had a lot of money. Anyway, we went to Aruba and we sat, behind this woman who had a child that screamed the entire four hours of the fucking flight. And I, I stared down this bitch. I was like, you are fucking ruining my vacation. Like I was pissed. And now I'm like, I'm not mom. Like I can't even say, I can't like, I I wish I could find that woman because I'm totally, yeah. It like it, I never wanted kids. I never babysat. I never changed a diaper or anything. And then I hit 35 and I was like, I want a child in the family. And, and it does. I, I said this the other day on, on an episode that we did. And I said, Paul Wharton was on and Andre Lopez was back. And we, they were talking about where they were in their careers. And I said to me now, yes, I want to be famous. Yes, I want to be a talk show host, all these things. But also having a kid now, I'm like, I also am like, okay, if that doesn't happen. And I'm okay in the way of like, I just want to, I, you also, what really fucks with you is once you have a child, you suddenly really care about the world. Like, in a way, in a way, like you want it to be here. You want it to be better. You want it. You don't want war. You don't want like yeah. pollution to take over. You want people to love each other and respect each other. And it's like, I never really gave a shit about all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I want to find out what's going on with the Kardashians and like, yeah, that, move on. and move on. Yeah. So it's, it, for me, there's all kinds of things like happening right now about my life. And, and that's the beauty I think of having my son is like, I want to make sure he's okay. Like that is, 
the goal. And like all this I love and I I just want to continue to be more transparent and open and authentic, but it's like, I don't know, it's a weird different shift. Well, I appreciate that too, because I think that, you know, women being more transparent about having kids and stuff has made me even more not want to have a fucking kid. Like Kelly Rowland put out a book and talked about like, you know, the days after the hospital and like being in these big ass pads. And then like, honestly, truly childbirth scares the living shit out of me. Oh, don't. Just have a C-section like I did. It'll be fine. No, I don't want the the epidural in the back. Honestly, I really want- so easy. I'm- I'm Mm-mm. I want a surrogate so bad. Like literally, I don't want to push. I don't. I don't even want to like have the baby. And like to be honest, so I've made this thing. I guess I can be accountable here. So I've always told myself my whole life that by thirty, when I turned twenty nine, I would spend the entire year of twenty nine getting in shape to be skinny. And skinny is relative, but be be healthier by thirty because I said, okay, bitch, you've been fat for 30 fucking years like you've you've had a long time to go at this fat thing you've had a long time to eat the foods you've had a long time to eat the shit you can spend a year of your life dedicated after 30 to to losing weight so next year i'll be 29 and um and yeah so i you know my goal is to to start slimming down and and to take a little bit more accountability of my body but sarah i'll be damned to have lost all that weight and then fucking get pregnant i'll be damned i'll be damned okay don't rule it out because i'm telling you that the the c-section was really easy and i was terrified of you know it's like it's a spinal tap they give you in the back i'm telling you it's the easiest because in your mind you think it's this huge needle and you're like it's so easy it's a it's a quick tiny needle in your back and it's almost like somebody you know how you're like ticklish on your back it's like somebody just kind of takes something cold and sort of tickles you and that's it and then before you know it you're no 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 i'm telling it is no, it is do not. not be afraid do not oh, be afraid but also God. i got a great surrogate company in bethesda if you want them Gotta thank one more sponsor, and that's the Boston Bid. July 24th, head out to Bands and Brews on the Boulevard. It starts at 11 a.m. nonstop. You're talking beers, you're talking brews, you're talking cocktails, you're talking music, family-friendly, shopping, everything. Come taste food. Oh, my God. I love, you know I love Boston. Lived there for like five plus years. You know, I like the Berg, but nothing beats my Boston. It is like... It's just close to my heart. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, you can go get your drink tickets because those are not free. You need to get them ahead of time to save time and save money. You don't want to be waiting in line day of on July 24th. Go to bolstonva.org slash BBB to get your ticket bundles. They start at $10 all the way up to 50 Bring your friends. I'll see you on July 24th at Bands and Brews. It's bolstonva.org slash BBB. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of are youth travel sports ruining families? Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani Show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani Podcast. Enjoy.
Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, That's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. (laughs) Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right. (laughs) You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavored. Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their conception for her and conception for him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. 
Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it, and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon, or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Fraser 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's two zero. Yeah, yeah. Shout I'll hook you up. Because, uh, shit, at this point, I'm willing to pay anybody because I'm not doing that shit. So, Leah, is that is that still your goal as you turn 30? You want to be your healthiest version? Yes, 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 it is. I mean, so yeah, I turned 29 this year. So, the goal is, is literally on November 28th. I guess, what is that, 19? I mean, 2023, yeah, I will, uh, you know, uh, start a weight loss journey. And I mean, again, I actually lost a pretty good amount of weight um, two years ago. God, the pandemic makes everything seem so like... I know, it's like, where was time? Yeah. But I had lost like, because when I had finally got that job and I thought I was going to be on this afternoon show, like I had vowed to myself, I was like, bitch, you've worked two jobs. You have not been well to your body. I started losing weight and um, then they pulled me off the show and then my life went into like a bliss and I just lost everything. So I had lost a significant amount of weight and then the pandemic hit and it was just a, a fucking mess. But I had actually done well. So, and and then I had lost pretty good weight and it wasn't even an extreme diet. It was more so just like, okay, yeah, don't diet two or three times a, a week and have something green on your plate every meal. That was pretty much what I did. And I had lost, I'd probably say around 30 to 40 pounds. It was, it was a pretty significant weight loss for me. And uh, yeah, just the pandemic hit and then everything happened. And yeah. Oh, so. Leah. oh my God. Okay. Well, I've got a great mindful eating therapist if you want it. Like, yeah, I probably do need one. I got a lot of like childhood trauma that I have to like get together. Hey, but uh, we, we all do. And are you an only child? So on my mom's side, yes. So I grew up one. <laughs> like, yeah. Your mom was older, right? When she had you? Yeah. She had me at 38. Okay. So she was older. She Did yep. she still live down in Texas? Yep. My whole family is in Texas. Everybody's yeah. in Texas. And uh, look, we, I know we all have childhood shit. Look, my dad died at like 14, believe me. Like, and you don't even know how to process any of those feelings when you're 14. Everybody was like going into high school. Like, so I, that's why, I mean, I had so, I overate and like was, I did diet pills and was bulimic and gained and lost like 150 pounds. And, and I didn't even, Crazy. I didn't even connect that I really ate to mask that pain until I started going to this mindful eating therapist and we all eat for different reasons. So I bet it's, it's hard to take that leap because you know, like unpacking all that is going to be painful, but then it's also like when you're on the other side of it, it's this beautiful thing. Cause you, yeah, yeah, I mean, your talent is just going to pop off more and more. Like you have so much time. It's amazing. Thank you. I mean, yeah, the, the trauma shit is real. I've been in therapy for maybe the last, couple years um just because i was like you know i i do even though i don't really care to have a kid if my husband wants a kid i'll give him a fucking kid but <laughs> you'll I, love I, it you'll I, love like it. a husband in mind i'm so fucking single i'm like what's the opposite like you know it's like positive and negative what the fuck is anti 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 single like shit it's dry over here sarah fraser it's dry okay, um, well, we need to hook you up girl i mean i mean i'm here for it because covid has lifted you need some dick 
<laughs> I don't like men. Men are just like such a waste of time. Like, for example, I'll give you an example. So there's this guy I met um, online. We met a year ago on a dating website, right? Okay. Ever since then, we've followed each other on social media. We've even matched on another dating website, just to put it in perspective. And this man has never taken the initiative. Like, he will jump in my DM and be like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so gorgeous. Like, the conversation never goes anywhere. And I'm Bye. just like, men, what the fuck are you doing out there? Because they they're just like, they just want to keep you, like, they just want, maybe he gets off on conversation. He just wants attention over, no, you don't respond anymore, do you? Fucking well, cut I, his ass off. Yeah, well, I was bored. Um, I was bored. I, I don't know. I like the idea of people taking me on dates. Uh, yes, of course. We all do. I just write, when he writes you that shit, I'd be like, send me a picture of your dick. But uh, see, I'm, I was really aggressive back in the day. Were you? Oh my god! Were you? Because when you do that to a guy, they don't know what to do because they're used to being the aggressor. So when you just drop that shit, send me a cock pic, and then they're like, they either come, they either respond, they respond with one, or they get nasty. Yeah, or like, yeah, and. Or they stop talking. Like, I had one guy write to me. He's like, you're disgusting and rude. And I go, good. Well, then fuck off. I never wanted to be a, go out with you anyway. <laughs> so he's like, so whatever. But you know what? You learn a lot. Like, but he was a time waster. He was a fucking time suck as well. He never, I think we went together. We got together one, on one date and he kept like blowing up my phone. But same shit, you know? And he'd be like, I'm going out tonight. Like, let's meet out later for drinks. And then he'd text me throughout the night. And then he'd be like, hey, babe, sorry. Like, had to call it early. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. So one time when he wrote, I was just like, send me a picture of your cock and then he was like you're disgusting and rude <laughs> so are you stop fucking hey, wasting my time you have to give me the fucking handbook on sugar daddies because apparently you've had a couple of your day or two so shit yeah but you know what the only reason i have is daddy issues see when like they like you want to learn shit about i have daddy issues too but i don't know i okay well i bet you attract like a pattern of people right losing my dad at 14 right you're all subliminal like subconsciously i wasn't even starting out like i obviously was giving off signals like i needed some sort of father figure and these guys were total like rich dads taking care of me and it was like i don't want this shit and i would consciously to this day if god forbid i was not wish man i would still attract i guarantee an older guy who for some reason it's just i have to consciously when i met dan I, before that, two or three guys, I had actually said no to on dates because they were like 12 years older. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to date. I had a five and five rule. Five years older, five years younger. That was it. That was it. That was it. I couldn't, because I just knew. I was like, because old guy, like men get old so fast. Like Schman's old enough and he's like going to be 42. Like, and it, it's like, some days he's like 54. You know, I'm like, fuck this. This is a guy my own age. You get with somebody 50, these men are like 60. They want to stay home and watch sports all fucking day. Yeah, well, also men mature like way slower. That shit's so true because- Yes. I mean, even these 30 year olds are trash and I'm just like 30 and up. I'm just like, okay. okay, but tell me about this. Who'd you date that was older when you were underage? Wait, so I didn't date him. Okay. So let me, let me tell you this story. This Some of my friends know this. This is, this is really disgusting. I get, cr- I get, cr- oh, okay. Anyway, oh. so I, I'm getting cringy. Okay. So all this shit sounds like the, the fucking storyline of like a horrible porn. His name was Mr. Willie. Let's start there. Like his legit name was Mr. Willie, like his last name, or you just called him Mr. Willie. I don't even know his last name. His name was Mr. Willie. I'm outing him now, but okay. So I was, I, I could have been, I was in middle school and I could walk to my middle school. Okay. And he just moved with his wife 
and his adult child into my neighborhood because at the time Hurricane Katrina had just hit. So this was around 20, 2006. Um, and he had moved into my neighborhood, uh, he and his wife, and then his adult daughter and their family, like literally on our streets. And I remember uh, being in middle school, walking there, he introduced himself, oh, hi, Mr. Willie. Hi, I'm Leah, nice to meet you. Nothing, nothing, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. Every morning walking, saying, hello, you know, your neighbor, hello. And one morning it was my birthday. He never forgot my birthday. Just keep that in mind. He never forgot my birthday. How did he know? Did he ask you for your birthday? How did he know you were? I think I had like money on my shirt or something walking to school. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So yeah, walking, uh, walking to school and he never forgot my birthday. So then like years later would pass and he'd be like, oh, happy birthday. And I always thought it was fucking weird that he remembered that with his old ass, but whatever. So anyway, we, over time, we, we grew a relationship, like a, a, you know, a neighbor relationship. He would talk to me or sometimes give me rides to school. So one morning he offered me a ride to school and on the way to my school, there was a donut shop. So he was like, run in there and get you some food. I was like, are you sure? He was like, yeah, run in there and get some food. Food. So I was like, okay. So I run in, get my donut, and uh, I give him the money back. He goes, keep the change. But like the donuts are, are fucking 50 cents. So change for a 20 is like damn near 18 bucks. So I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, keep the change. But this turned into like a daily thing. So it started there, but then it started to become more like, Again, I'm only spending a dollar. So every day that's amounting to quite a bit of money. You know what I mean? Throughout the yeah, week. He's giving you like $18 every day. Right, right. So, but again, I'm in a child's mindset. So I'm like, oh, well, this shit works out for me. But you, okay, were you like 15 at this point? Because it had been over time or were yeah, you? Maybe like, maybe like 15, 16. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, every day. So this starts in thing. He starts giving me rides and you know, we're talking and we're talking yeah. and I, as a child and thinking, well, this old man gives me money, bitch. I'm running with it. Like, okay. So he starts giving me stuff. And then there was one time where I was just like, Oh, all these kids have these shoes. They were actually air force ones. Makes me laugh. My only pair. Uh, but I was like, all these kids have these cool shoes and I want some. He's like, well, how much are the shoes? And I was like, they're a hundred bucks. He gave me the money to get the air force ones. So I bought air force ones with his money. And then it just turned into a thing where he was like giving me money. And so wow. I was cool with it. It was cool until one day, uh, I had asked him to take me to a basketball game. So he drove me to the basketball game and he pulled over in that same parking lot, but obviously the donut shop is closed. And so uh, he pulled over and I got out the car and he was like, give me a hug. And I gave him a hug and he tried to kiss me. And so I turned and he kissed my cheek. And I mean, I literally got in the car. He drove me to the high school. I got out and I mean, I could feel the rest of the night, Sarah, his lips on my cheek. Oh my God. No, so traumatic. So I could feel his lips on my, and so my friends were like, okay, bitch, leave that shit alone. Leave that shit alone. But I was at a point where I was just like, I literally had no money. I was going through shit with my mom. My mom wasn't giving me money. So I was just like, it's either this or it's nothing. But again, at the time I had no, I wasn't mature enough to understand like, where the f I knew it was wrong. Like I knew not to go home and say anything to my mom, but I also was like, 
I, I also knew him like trying to kiss me was Which like, wrong. And, yeah. And there was several throughout the time, there were several uncomfortable moments. Like one time I was late to soccer practice. So I left all of my stuff at school. I was like, can you take me to the school? And I remember I was wearing shorts and he was just like fixated on how good my legs looked. It was just, it was creep shit after creep shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So the final thing that made me stop, cause he, and I remember his wife knew, like his wife knew, like, that there was something going on. And mind you, like, I never kissed him. I never did anything. Like, anytime he tried to do anything, do anything I'm yeah. very, very, like, standoffish. But his wife knows. Like, as always, a wife knows. Yeah, Like, I would come and knock and be like, oh, is Mr. Willie here? And she'd be like, no. Like, it was real, like, I don't fuck with you, bitch. Don't come to my house type energy. So I was just like, okay, whatever. So anyway, the the what made it finally stop was my 17th birthday had just passed and I had a car at that point. So once I got my car, I stopped riding with him. I would only see him sure. if I was driving by or if I stopped or if he waved me down. But what made it stop was I went to his house and uh, so there was something wrong with my car. And so I asked him if he could come look at it. And so we're looking at it and he goes, mm, 17, 17. And I said, why do you keep saying 17? He was like, because there's one more year until you're 18. And he's like, and you know. Oh, my God, Leah. 18, once you turn 18, girl, do you know I said move, got in my car, closed my fucking door, and drove off. Because, and let's be clear, with all the other weird shit that he did, I should have known anyway that, like, he was plotting either way. But, like, his goal was literally once I turned 18 to fuck me. And yeah. I just. Granted, he was wait, but let's take it back to the beginning of the story that he remembered since I was 14. Leah, he was like grooming you for years. Like yeah. that is, oh my yeah. God, you are so lucky. Like, th I mean, oh, so lucky. I mean, so lucky. oh my God, but what a traumatic, like that's I mean, some heavy shit. Like, did you I, ever I, tell your mom? Did you no, guys ever have? Oh, no. And you know what, Sarah, when I left for school, I genuinely thought about it. I was like, Leah, he did this shit to you, but what if he does this to another girl? And I was like, you didn't say anything. And what if it, what if he doesn't have the patience that he had with you? for what, another what yeah what if he does something what, what if he doesn't and i and i'll never forget there was one time i guess because again my mom never knew and i had stopped talking to him after that and i remember one time i was sleeping in my living room and i heard his voice in my backyard i was like i know this motherfucker did not come in my backyard and then i hear my mom's voice and she's like oh thanks mr willie my mom came in i was like don't ever ask him to come over here again and she's like what and i was like don't ever ask him to come over here again and she's like wow. leah like, go on. She thought I was being dramatic. And I was like, don't have him in our backyard. Like, do not do it. And uh, wow. yeah, so that was the story. But I'm not going to lie. That has also made it very difficult for me to want to uh, super, super old men. Like, it makes, I, I'm so, nope, can't do oh it. Oh my God. Well, Leah, you had like a traumatic. No, I mean, that's like, yeah. that is a fucking traumatic experience. And like, you know what? And I, I mean, I'm sure like you, you know, you partially blame yourself, even though that wasn't ever your well, fault or I anything. Knew, I knew I wasn't. The thing is, is Sarah, it would have never went there if I wouldn't have taken the money. And I can, I can take responsibility for no, that. No, but that's not your fault. That's, that is not like, that isn't on you. Like you were going through something really difficult with your mom. But I knew, but I knew, but I knew better. Either way, and I'm not trying to, because I know victims get into the, you know, the uh, blaming me, but like, I knew then it was wrong. I knew well enough to know that I couldn't go home and tell my mom that he was giving me money. You know what well, I mean? 
I, I, I know what you're I saying. Responsibility I, for that part, but also he's a grown ass man. Why are you playing with a child in that way? So he was wrong. He created that whole situation, but you know, Leah, that- you are fucking brave. Like you sharing that story and like continuing to share that story will help so many other girls. Cause I mean, how many other girls are put in that position all the time? You know, yeah, I mean, it I happens just, so fucking much. I, I talk to my 15-year-old niece about this all the time because she has, yeah. like, social media. And sometimes yeah. I feel like she just shares pictures that are way too racy. And I'm like, no, like, you don't understand. Like, and it always starts out with just like, hey, you know, like... Yeah. You're you're such oh, a nice birthday. It's your yeah. birthday. You're such a good kid. Or I, you know, I saw this online and th- that's how it fucking starts. And yep. oh my God. Yep. Yeah. Wow, Leah, that's like ta- like uh, do you talk about that in therapy a lot? I mean, I'm sure like No, I've never talked like I, I, to be honest, it doesn't affect me. To be honest, I don't I think that's why I have like a, 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 a like I feel a little bit of a cringe when it comes to older guys. Like I can never talk to anybody that I deem that looks elderly per se, but I don't, I don't, you know, it never went to like, other than him kissing me or maybe like touching my legs, it never was sexual because the minute he voiced anything, I was done. So like, I always knew in the back of my head, like my friends that did know, they were like, okay, bitch, watch it. Like you're, you're toting a dangerous line there. So it wasn't like I was so out brainwashed outside of myself that I didn't know, or I was clueless. Like I knew what I was doing. So that's why I think that in this specific case, I don't feel like I was taken advantage of because to me, like I was in exchange getting money. Sometimes I'm like, damn, was I a prostitute? No, you were not a prostitute. No. Like, 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 what, like, you know, shit. But I think sugar daddy is like the best way to like probably, you know. No, I have a friend who married a guy who's very wealthy. And she always said to me, because I I used to think like that was what I wanted to. I was like, I'm going to be like like everybody, right? You're like, I'm going to marry a rich guy. Like that's going to solve my problems. And she always said to me, Sarah, when, if you marry for money, you work for it every day. And that fucking stuck with me because what she means is you do what he wants. You always have to look hot. You you always have to look a certain way. And you're always on his terms, his time, his term. And I thought, holy shit, I never, I didn't think yeah. that. And she's like, I work for it every single day. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't want that. I want to do what I want. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I don't want no, and I know some, you know, I mean, I have girlfriends in all kinds of situations that have been married and divorced, right. like with guys that have money, don't have money or whatever. But that always, I mean, sometimes, you know, you get lucky and you find a guy who's really rich and, you know, like, but damn, Leah, that's so brave of you to share. I mean, that is like, that's a hard one. I'm at this point in my life where I just, I, I feel like, again, the lessons and the shit that we go through got to be for something, you know what I mean? They like are. our experiences have to especially with our platforms and our voices like you just I feel like it's a waste of an opportunity to either help or share and I'm at a point in my life where I just don't feel shame about a lot of shit like I I just I I don't either I don't either it's like like, own it yeah this old ass man really tried to you know oh my god I, I mean that is traumatic I'm so grateful it didn't go to like another place you know what I'm saying like that yeah, could have turned into like a sexual assault so fast oh, yeah, like it could have it, it was so weak yeah like and I think about that all the time I think the kiss thing is the well like, he did I, assault you yeah I mean in my skin ugh. but yeah 
And it, it was crazy because the wife knew. That was the other thing. Like, the wife was like, Don't Isn't that me. fucking unbelievable? But that happens so often. Like, uh, yeah. that happens so much. Mm-hmm. Leah, you are, okay, we can't leave on that note. Like, we got to talk about something else. Like, <laughs> like, I can't be like, all right, well, Leah, where do people yeah, they, follow you? <laughs> they, they old men, Leah. They old men. <laughs> Either way, just they old men. I <laughs> say, no, talk. Don't like you are no, genuinely. I'm not sad though, so it's fine. Like I, I don't feel any source of trauma or anxiety about that. I just haven't really told a lot of people. It's my or first time. Or like fucking no. be sad and angry about it. Like it's fine either way. I mean, you are yeah. you're such an awesome light and so strong. Like you are you're gonna prevail no matter what, and you have. And like That's so, I mean. okay. Tell me, who are celebrities that you love to follow now? Ooh, love to follow, love to follow. Well, I'm always all over the blogs. Um, let me think. Well, oh, wait, I, I want to ask, I'm going to do rapid fire. So, Shakiri Richardson, do you think that she should be reinstated? There's now a petition. Do you think she should be reinstated into the Olympics? I am, like, the only black woman that doesn't like weed, so I... <laughs> well, look, I'm going to tell you, when I've when I've done medical marijuana and drank, I mean, I fucking thought I was superhuman. So when people go, oh, weed doesn't have an effect, really? It doesn't mellow me out. I actually gave my, when I hit a medical marijuana pipe three times and got wasted, I gave my mother-in-law lap dance. Like, let me tell you, weed fucking fuck you up. Like, I'm like, no, she shouldn't run. This, like, do you know what marijuana can do to you? I'm sorry, it's not a fucking sleepy sedative anymore. I just, I'm just like, okay, girl, whatever. Like, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate that she, you know, had the things that she had happen to her. I mean, yeah. a reporter told you your mom died. The worst. Fucking, you want to talk about trauma? That would be, and she never, she didn't really have a great relationship with her mom anyway. Her grandmother raised her. I mean, that's like already so many layers, you know? And then you find right, out your right. mom died before you could even maybe potentially reconcile. Right, right, right. And then Brutal. you go, right. It's like, okay. So I, I do feel for her. She's really young too. Like, I think she's that 21. Are- I know. She's like, her- and also, let's be clear, someone posted on my Facebook and I thought this was fucking hilarious. They were like, where was the people around her to help her clean out her system? Like, where were her friends at that were going to give her the shit that's supposed to drain her? Like, where is that shit at? Because honestly, like, I don't think that this girl does not smoke weed on the regular anyway. But I mean, it's unfortunate. Hopefully she, you know, can come back and really do well because that's what I do want for her. I do want her to come oh, back. Me too. She's a fucking rock star. She, she will be a huge Olympian. Hope she yeah. breaks records. I yeah. mean, I, you know, and maybe I, I, I'm like, I'm all for them reevaluating the rules. I have no idea if the IOC will really do that since it's international. My guess well, yeah, is it's international, and probably, not everybody feels the same way about weed. While there are countries that are a little bit more liberal, um, some really don't. And so, like, okay, Americans, sit your pothead asses down. It's not going to work this time. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to choose another mascot. How do you feel about Cardi B being pregnant again with Offset's baby? I love these two. These two have like the best trashiest relationship you've ever met. They cheat on each other. Then they get back together. They oh, don't care. Her. Uh, I mean, shout out to her. I, I mean, if, as long as she's happy, they make cute kids, but he has they like do. four other kids. Uh, I mean, shit. Couldn't be me, but shout out to Cardi. I mean, she it's her ghetto little love story. I mean, <laughs> this girl was stripping and getting ass shots in the Bronx. I think this is an upgrade either fucking way. It's a fucking hood fairy tale. Chet Hanks, are you are you into Chet Hanks at all? Do you think he'll ever be a legit rapper? The Shade Room reposted no. him. 
No, I don't think he's going to ever be a legitimate rapper, but I am intrigued by his problematic ass. Isn't he hot? He's so hot. And I'm just like, what is up with Chet Hanks? I want to fuck this guy. My husband is convinced that Chet Hanks is a social experiment. He does not believe it's real. I want to see him and Tom Hanks in a room. That's what I want to see. I agree. The energy never matches. And I just need to see like a dinner with all of them. Rita, Tom, and Chet. Okay, reading the lemonade stand, who will be the next big celebrity divorce? Uh, next big one, next big one. Fuck. I think it'll be Will and Jada. I think eventually they will divorce. Ooh. It's just my really I random. Think they have so many partners swinging in and out of their bedrooms. Why would they need to? That's true. You think they, they must, they, all these people must have sex with people and then make them sign NDAs? Because, like, you never really hear leaks anymore. Well, they didn't have August sign one. We know that. I know, I know. That was so good. That was, was, that was the best table talk. I was here. I was like, oh. that was, Jada was like, we were entangled. Will was like, Jada, tell them people what the fuck was going on. It was. Like, it was an entanglement. She's like, Will, it's an entanglement. He's like, mm-hmm. He's like, no, August was piping you down, bitch. Yeah. Shut up. He's <laughs> sober. It's like tears in his eyes. Okay. Who do you think? Who do you think's getting divorced next? I don't fucking know. Who is? I really was going to say Cardi and Offset. Oh, Ooh, that could be. That uh, could be. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's gonna last. Damn, I don't know who the fuck is married these days. Everybody breaks up. That's true. Actually, I'm trying to think of who, who, I, no one. And I was gonna say J Lo and Ben Affleck. I mean, I don't see that working. I don't. I don't think they're gonna make it to the altar. No, I don't think so either. Or if it does, it'll it'll fall apart quickly. I, yeah, I, I completely. And I love it when you came for Summers. Um, oh my God, her child. That was like, I'm like, oh my God, I, Leah. I love you even more because I used to come for kids all the time, and people would be like so mad. I hate Summer Walker. Oh my God, they were they were so mad on the shade room comments. But I I just her baby needs some milk. Your baby looks well fed. So I don't talk about your baby. <laughs> Chunk. You know, I feel bad for her because I actually didn't think that picture. I didn't think the baby looked that melt. I really didn't like because babies can be, they can be kind of. Your microphone was thicker than the baby's fucking leg. You know what upset me more though is the feeding the baby honey because that's like serious shit. Like they tell you constantly when you go to the pediatrician, like anytime a nurse comes, they're like, "Do not feed your child honey in the first year." And so when I heard that, I was like, "I feel like she's not okay." Sarah, I'm telling you. That bothered I, me more. I got to find CPS. I got to figure out what state she's in because that baby needs help. Well, you know, I love Tasha K. I'm friends with Tasha K. Tasha K. like came for her and ripped her ass and then like apologized. And okay. yeah, so I don't know. There was something there. But anyway, but she like came for her so much too. Because it's, I mean, it's like you're, you're feeding your baby hemp seeds and fucking, there was like THC and honey. Like, I mean. It's a little it, much. Yeah. I mean, I, I no, I, I'm with you. And I, the, I guess if it was just the leg of the baby, I'd be like, well, maybe, you know. Small baby, right. Like right. I was, I was a five pound baby. I, I know there's been a lot of progression, but I was, Here. was a fucking five pound baby. My mom had a, a small child. So I, I get it, but. That shit is... Uh, it was too much. Way too much. Okay, Leah Henry, I adore you. You are coming back on this show. We've talked for over an yeah. hour on fucking 4th of July. Now, thankfully, you celebrate Juneteenth and you don't give yeah, a fuck I mean, about yeah, the this war. is your holiday, so I'm saying <laughs> that you can't reserve. Well, you know what? I <laughs> am doing what white people do. I am going out and having a big hot dog and yes. I am going to pull my socks up to just below my knees and wear some Girl. shorts that are just like really awful. And Wait, you got to have an Old Navy shirt somewhere tucked back. <laughs> Because you know that's y'all shit. That is y'all shit. And oh, a stained wow. old Navy t-shirt, girl. That's okay. what I'm fucking wearing today. Come on. 
Drop your fucking heritage, Sarah. Where I'm can people you. find you? I, I, I love you. I'm so excited to call you a new friend, and I can't wait to have you yes. back on the show. And your dreams are all coming true. And you are fucking so inspiring for so many people. Anyway, we're going to collab in the future. But for now, yeah. where can people find you? Yes, follow me on social media at Leah A. Henry, L E A H A. Henry, and uh, grab a cup of lemonade when you're there. I love it. All right, Leah, love you. I love you too. Thank you so much because I just, I'm obsessed with you. So this is great. Right back, fucking at you.